1: gentleman that is going to pour into you and add so much value to you. I introduce you guys to Mr. Randy Havison. Hello, Mr. Randy. How are you today?
2: I am awesome. How are you doing?
1: I am doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you on with us today. So before I start digging in and asking all of the questions, can you please let our audience know exactly who you are, Mr. Randy, and what it is that you do?
2: Oh, how do I break it down? How much time do we have? No, just kidding. (laughs) Uh, I have been a professional speaker and a therapist and a business owner for about 25 years now. Uh, Once I got out of college, it was like, what do I want to be when I grow up? And I had no idea. And at the time, I was making some pretty poor life choices Uh, Got involved with alcohol, other drugs, and finally cleaned up and realized that I wanted a different life for myself. And once I started to clear the fog, I realized that there were people that helped me on my journey, and I wanted to make an impact on others, too. So I went back and got my master's degree and started working as a counselor and then worked as a business owner. I did that for a few years, worked on a couple college campuses, really enjoyed doing that. I love working with college students and young adults. And one of the things that I recognized as I was working with these people is some of these students had amazing GPAs and great goals, but they were unsure with who they were. There was a lack of Mm self-esteem. And as I was continuing on my journey of self growth and self improvement and raising my own self esteem, it started to, my mission started to become clearer and the fog lifted even more. And I realized that what I wanted to do was help people to raise self esteem, let go of their ego, find a path to true happiness. That happiness is not about a paycheck, happiness is not about a number on a scale or a label on Mm -hmm. the back of your shirt. Happiness is about feeling good about that person that looks back at you in the mirror. So I started putting together this self-esteem workshop, and I was presenting it at conferences, and people were like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Where can I buy the book? I'm like, well, I have horrible ADD, so writing a book is really hard for me. But finally, I found a ghostwriter, and she helped me to put my book on paper, and I wrote my book, and now I have an online workshop that teaches people the skills that they need to raise their self-esteem, get rid of that negative self-talk that we do to ourselves all the time, Mm -hmm. and I like to say that I like to teach people how to become their own best friend. So that's what I do, is I get to speak all over the country, but not so much anymore with all the COVID stuff going on, but... (laughs) You know, I love helping people and empowering them to really find their purpose and to find their meaning within who they are.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, Mr. Randy, because that, on my own personal journey, that is one of the things that I've learned as well when it comes to self-esteem. You can only go as far as how you view yourself, how you see the person in the mirror,
2: Exactly. And a lot of people have that imposter syndrome where they feel like, you know, if I say positive things to myself in the mirror, then I'm going to believe it. And it's harder than that. I mean, you know, as someone who's worked on your own self-esteem, it's hard. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it, I like to tell people it's like training to run a marathon. You're not going to just get up and do it one day. It's going to take a long time and you have to work to a run a mile and then a 5K and then a 10K and then a half marathon. So, building up to that and gaining your strength along the way, you know, building self-esteem can be difficult, but I got to tell you and you know too, it is so worth it when you're actually doing mm-hmm.
1: it. Yes. Yes it is. Yes it is. Yeah. So, Mr. Mr. Randy, what started you on your journey, you know, from getting out of your ego and working on your
2: self-esteem? Well, I think it started when I first came into recovery. Uh, You know, the, the addiction world is filled with so much ego. You know, if I have more cocaine than you do, then that means I'm better than you are. If I have more money, if I can um. flash that roll of $100 bills, then that means that I have worth. And it's not. I mean, that's such a falsehood and it's such a false reality. So when I finally hit my bottom and turned things around, I found a great therapist and a support group. I love the 12 step programs, and I was involved with that for a long time. Um, and they helped show me that it's not about the stuff that you have. It's about who you are and how you feel about yourself. And I started reading some books that were helping me to realize this. Uh, one of my favorites is Illusions by Richard Bach. And it's all about connecting with who you are and yourself. So that's that's what started me on this journey. But if you want to hear a really funny story, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before huh, do you want to hear a good story? Would love to. Okay, so I was presenting at a conference, and I was doing my alcohol education program, and I was overhearing some of the people who were running the conference, and they said, hey, one of our presenters didn't show up. Oh, my God, we have a room full of people, and what are we going to talk to them about? And I went up and I said, hey, I'll do a program for them. And they said, really, do you have another one you can do? I'm like, yeah, sure. And my brain is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You don't have another program. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. They're like, okay, well, go ahead. It's right in that room right there. I think there are like 30 people, in there waiting for you. Okay. And on my way down there, I was like, what am I going to talk about? I don't know. I thought, well, you know, all these students are dealing with defining themselves in, in ego ways rather than self-esteem ways. Why don't I talk about ego versus self-esteem? So I walk in, and I'm like, hey, I'm Randy, and it's great to be here, and some of you have seen me in my other program, but today here I'm going to talk about self-esteem. And let's talk about the difference between ego and self-esteem. And all of a sudden, all these words just kind of came out of my mouth. And the whole time I'm thinking, wow, this is pretty good. And they really enjoyed it. I I think I got 90% of the students that were in there gave me like five stars. And Uh it's all based on... The principle that our society sells us this lie that ego and self-esteem are the same thing, that if you have the right number on a scale, if you make a certain amount of money, if you live in a certain zip code, that that gives you worth. But what I've realized is that ego and self-esteem are not connected. Ego and self-esteem are actually on opposite ends of a continuum. That when we reinforce our ego, we deny our self-esteem. When we build our self-esteem, it has nothing to do with ego whatsoever. So that began my journey of helping people to learn the difference between the two. And that's kind of my mission. You know, when people get caught up in and, and business owners, you know, I, I would talk to a lot of college students like, what do you want to do with your life? It's like, I don't know, I just know I want to make a lot of money. And if money is the ultimate goal... I got to tell you, you're never going to be satisfied because money is one of those things that will suck you dry. You know, I know people that live in Beverly Hills mansions, and they are totally miserable. They don't like themselves. They don't like the world around them. All they can talk about is the new Mercedes they just bought or the trip that they're going to go on, and it's a very empty life. And I know people who, to the outside world, it, it seems like they have nothing, but they are so rich with love from their family and their friends and the things that they do have, they're able to be grateful for what they have rather than what they don't have. So I've seen mm-hmm. both sides of it, and it's a trap that people get caught in because if your goal is just making money, no matter what, how much you have, you're never going to truly be satisfied.
1: Wow. Now that one I can definitely agree with. That's one of the things that, I've learned that Antonio has taught me some of the richest people are some of the saddest people, but those who are, those who are whole, like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and and, and psychologically, those who are whole, they have the richest lives.
2: Exactly. And that's it. And it's funny you mention that because that's one of the other things I talk about in building self-esteem is that it's about exercising and nourishing what I call the four parts of self, the physical, the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual.
3: Mm.
2: And we can't ignore any one of them. If we ignore one of them, then the best we can do is 75%, and that's a C. (laughs) So it's about finding ways to nourish and exercise all four parts of self. And, again, it has nothing to do with a number on a scale or a zip code. It's about how you feel about that person looking back at you. And by exercising mm-hmm. and nourishing the four parts of self on a daily basis, you are going to feel better about who you are. It's just going to happen.
1: So I have a question for you, Mr. Randy, because you said, yeah. you, you, said you said, sure, I'll do it. And in the process, your brain is like, what are you doing? How big of a <laughs> how big of a role did your self your self esteem play in you making that decision and just going in there and doing
2: it? Yeah, I, I it was you know what to be totally honest, I think it was part self esteem but part ego. That part of me was like, yeah, I can do that, even though I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I, I really feel like that day it was divinely inspired. That I had to—I happened to be walking right there at that moment when those people said, hey, who, we got an empty room. Who's going to do a presentation? Mm-hmm. So I really feel like I was nudged that way to be there at that moment because of all the work that I had done on myself and that I was doing with my students and my clients. It was inside of me. I just didn't know how to get it out until I actually got up there and did it. And I feel wow. very blessed. I am so grateful that I've been given this gift that I can get up in front of an audience and and move them. And it's just I'm so humbled by this. I mean, I, there are times where I leave the stage and I just want to cry because I'm so filled with gratitude for this gift that I'm able to, to give to others. I just love do like this. I love doing things like this. This is so much fun for me. Because if one person hears this as in, and is inspired to raise their self-esteem and realize, wow, it's not about the money, it's about my relationship with self and the relationship with mm-hmm. the people around me that I love and who love me, if even one person gets that, this was so worth it. I'm so happy you said that I
1: was actually – crazy enough I'm actually creating another podcast specifically for Antonio T. Smith Junior and I was interviewing him and I asked him, I was like, you know, what is the connecting dots going backwards, what is the biggest thing you've learned? And he said you can't do it alone. And then earlier you were saying, Well I think I in your I know your Ted your your TEDx keynote that you did, you said once the and then I think I believe you just said it here too, once the fall cleared and you saw the people around you who loved you and were giving you the support, you were able to continue. Yep. And you were talking about hurdles and walls. And I loved how you did that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> I really yeah. did. I really did because we will take a hurdle and quickly turn it into a wall and then yeah. we end up shutting out those who are there to help us. We don't see the help because we're so stuck staring at the wall. So with exactly. that being said, with that being said, I want to thank you for the because you said that you love working with college students and young adults. So you actually worked at a college for for several years. I want to thank you for that because one of the things that I've learned in research and just reading things online that college students are we I'm, I would say we but <laughs> a little past that age. <laughs> yeah, <a> little bit, <laughs> little bit, just just a little bit, just a little bit. They're the most confused because like you say, you ask them, so what is it it that you want to do? And they don't know because... Are you itching to get back to what you love? Me too. I can't wait to take a
4: mini vacation to St. Lucia and just enjoy some peaceful, quiet time on the beach listening to the waves break on the shore. I want to make sure the next time I head to the airport, my experience is as fast, safe, and easy as possible. That's why I'm excited to talk about CLEAR today. CLEAR is a secure identity platform that creates frictionless journeys at airports and beyond. You move faster through airport security and feel confident returning to who, where, and what you love. With CLEAR, all you need is you. After a quick one-time enrollment with your government-issued ID, you can use just your face or eyes. For safer, touchless entry at airports, stadiums, and more. Clear members can add up to three friends or family members to their account for a discounted rate, and even better, kids under 18 can tag along for free. And I think that's absolutely awesome. The first time I used Clear, I was going on—I was going to Las Vegas for a business trip, and I was like, okay, let me go, let me get this done. But I, I admit, I was a little nervous. But when I got there, the lady that was at the Clear booth completely, she was the nicest person ever. She helped me out, made the transition smooth, and it allowed me to, it allowed me to get to my gate without rushing, with, without running, without being nervous, without thinking I'm I'm running out of time, and it allowed me to sit and calm my mind before my business trip. Clear is the absolute best way to help you get back to what you love. They have locations in over 35 airports across the country, making it safer, easier, and faster to reunite with loved ones or take that much-needed vacation. It works great with PreCheck, too. And right now, for a limited time, you can get your first two months of Clear for free. Go to clearme.com success and use code success. That's C-L. E A R M E dot com slash success and then use code success for your first two months of Clear for Free. Clearme
1: dot com slash success and use the code success. Throughout high school it's so much about like you said, it's so much about how much you want to make and what do you want to drive, where do you want to live, what you want to what what do you want, but it's never about who are you.
2: Yep. Exactly. And I worked with I worked in um, three counseling centers on college campuses. And these students would come in, seniors would come in, and they would be freaking out. They're like, you know, my mom's a lawyer, my dad's a lawyer, my grandfather's a lawyer, I'm supposed to be a lawyer. I'm like, but what do you want to do? He said, I want to be an artist. And mm. it's really, you know, and what I want to say, I want to coach him rather than be his therapist and say, well, then go be an artist.
1: <laughs> because
2: it's so hard, it's, they get locked into this is what this is the path I have to take when it's not true to yeah. who they are, and that's why you know I I just put out my my online workshop that kind of is what I have in my book I was going to start doing in person workshops but COVID kind of shut that down so a friend said well why don't you just put it on on tape and put it online and sell it there I was like mm-hmm. okay so I now have an online workshop and I wanted to make it accessible especially for students and to help these young adults, actually for anybody, but especially young adults, to really learn to solidify who you are on the inside. So um, I'm giving a huge discount. Actually, I discounted it um, $30. It's only 10 bucks If you're a student or an educator or a healthcare worker or frontline worker, or if you've been financially impacted by COVID, I dropped the price to $10 because i want to okay. just make this as accessible as possible so that it's not a hardship for anybody to learn the skills to to feel better about who they are so to me it's not about making money you know if this thing sells you know 25 million copies or whatever that just means i have more money to give to charity because <laughs> i don't need a lot to be happy so my goal is to I want to help foster kids. I wanna I wanna be able to be a keynote speaker at a college and say, Who here has financial aid? Who here has student loans? And I want to be the guy who says, I'm paying off all your student loans. That's what that's the kind of stuff that I want to do. And to give these students a fighting chance of being successful in their lives. That
1: that's is... <laughs> You remind. You are speaking on the one thing that Antonio always says. He says, "Good people do great things when they get money." You and you always know the character of a person by how much they get. And you're sitting here and you're saying, "I just want to help. I just want I, want. I just want to help." And it, it, and it it's literally pouring out of you. Just how much I can hear how passionate you are about helping and. And and that in itself, you know, there's not enough people out there like you and Antonio because there's so there's just so much happening, you know. And then especially when it comes to because one of the things that you you talk about is um, the the feeling of good enough in a world of self love scarcity. I loved when you said that because self it's like to love. If you love self, you're being selfish. Yeah, and that's not. and that's what you're yeah. taught exactly.
2: Right. So can you
1: please, please, Mr. Eddie, please oh, go dig into sure.
2: that. <laughs> there, you know, there are so many terms that we throw out in our society. Oh, you're being selfish. It's like no, I'm actually just putting down boundaries and taking care of myself. Mm. But my my goal here besides being able to help a lot of people, you know, with student loans and all that kind of stuff. I want people to go from, I think we're in a very ego-based society. Our world is very ego-based. You know, it's me, me, me. What What do you have for me? I'll step over you to get what I want. That's selfish. But mm-hmm. self-love is about, I love myself enough that I want to be a part of my community, and I want to help where I can. So... Mm-hmm. Loving who you are and and doing things to safeguard yourself, that is not selfish. It's actually selfless when you're taking care of yourself. Because if I take care of me, now I have more energy to take care of you. So these words like, oh, you're being selfish, that's usually people who don't understand what really loving yourself is all about. Mm. Uh, Another great example of this is the difference between being humbled by something and being humiliated by it. The same thing can happen to two people. One is humbled and one is humiliated. And the difference between those is how much ego is involved. You know, the person high in self-esteem is humbled. It's like, wow, I really made a mistake. I'm going to learn from this so it doesn't happen again. It happens to an ego-based person and they feel humiliated. Oh, my God, what are people going to think of me? Oh, my God, how is this going to look? So these are examples of ego versus self-esteem. Another one is the difference between cocky and confident. I've had people look at me and say, oh, my God, you're so cocky. I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is actually what confidence looks like. Mm-hmm. But I'm not out there bragging about, oh, I can do this, and I've done that. And oh. No, but I have the confidence to know who I am and where I am in my life and how I want to be of service to others. And when I make that my key focus, man, anything is possible. Anything. Even being a guest on the ATS podcast, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, you know, and, those, and the turning hurdles into walls, you know, to kind of expand on that for people who haven't heard the TED Talk or, or read the book or the workshop, I believe that life gives us hurdles in our lives. Mm-hmm. It just does. That's just how life works. But I also believe that we're never given a hurdle with also being given the tools to get over that hurdle. But mm-hmm. what we tend to do, is through our own self-doubt and through our ego we, and through words that we use that keep us down, that are obstacles to our growth, we turn those hurdles into walls. You know, I know a lot of people like, oh, I come from this neighborhood. I can't go to college. There's no way I can make that happen. Whereas the person in the next door living in the same neighborhood in the same circumstances, I will do whatever I need to do in order to make that happen. I want a better life for my kids. I want a better life. I'm going to make this happen. And they end up going to college and getting their degree and being successful. So it's all about your mindset, and it's about letting your hurdles be hurdles and not turning the hurdles into walls. Because we all come from circumstances where you could say, oh, this is really horrible. But it's like, okay, it was horrible. Yes. I mean, I worked with some people in counseling. They went through unbelievable trauma. And we're still able to walk through it and come out the other side and be successful. Mm-hmm. So anything is possible if we just stay out of our own way.
1: Yeah. So you must have read my mind on that one because <laughs> I was going. To... <laughs> I love that quote. I love that quote. because we it. are it's one of
2: my favorites.
1: It's like we we are our own we are our worst enemy. And if we just get out of our own way, anything is possible.
2: Anything. Yep. You know, it's funny you say that. I just developed some t-shirts for my website. And one of them, it says best... You know how you see those things where it's like, I'm with stupid and it has an arrow pointed over to the side? (laughs) You know what And I thought, you know what? I want a different one. So I have one that says best friend with an arrow pointed up. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I'm my best friend, and you know what? When you are your own best friend, you're never lonely. Cause you're always with your best friend. You might be alone, but you're never lonely.
1: Mhm.
2: It's like you know, I I feel very fortunate. I, we just moved to Orlando, Florida, a couple years ago, and I found a house that's like 15 minutes from Disney World. I'm so excited! Oh my god, I'm <laughs> such a Disney fan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> The The that came out of me. <laughs>
2: I found that there was Disney. this little kid inside of me that loved to play. And back in the mm. Ego days it was like, no, I'm too cool for that. That's not something I want to do. Oh, and then shit. through my own journey in and sobriety and, and getting in touch with who I was, I realized I love to play. And playing mm. at Disney is like one of my favorite things to do. So I live fifteen minutes away. And I go sometimes, you know, my wife and my daughter, they're doing their thing. I'm like, I think I'm gonna go to Epcot today. And people are like, what, you're just going to go by yourself? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I'm going with my best friend. I go to movies by myself. I go out to restaurants by myself. I I don't mind doing that because I like my own company, so I don't mind if I'm by myself. In fact, it's kind of cool going by myself. It's like I get to go on whatever rides I want to go on. If I just want to sit and look at the ducks for 20 minutes, I can do that. No one's going, come on, let's get out of here. What's the, you just want to look at ducks? It's like, yeah, I want to look at ducks. But when I'm by myself, I can I can do what I want, when I want, however long I want. So learn how to become your own best friend, and again, you're never lonely. Yes.
1: Before I continue, first off, I would like to say congratulations on your sobriety because I know people who have gone through that same process, and it's not easy. It's a it's a lifestyle. So congratulations to you.
2: Thank you. Yeah, and may I celebrate a 36 year sober. Woo! Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Taking a bow. Oh. Yes. And yeah, it was really hard work at the beginning. You know, again, like running a marathon. At the beginning, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think I can do this. But what I was taught is you take it one day at a time, one step at a mm-hmm. time. And I feel very grateful that I was able to have that, that strength and that courage and the support of people around me where I just got it. I mean, that day when I was sitting there with a the knife in my hand debating which wrist to slice open first, I was like, I don't want to die, but I don't know what to do. And that was the last day that I did cocaine. I have not relapsed since I made that decision to get sober. And, and from what I heard, only 5% of cocaine addicts can recover after the first try.
1: Wow.
2: So, yeah, so I'm, I feel very fortunate. I have a lot of friends who weren't, you know, didn't follow that path, and they relapsed and they died, and people who didn't even get into recovery and just died. So the way I look at it also is every day I have walking on this planet, breathing is a gift, and I do mm. not take that gift for granted. So that's why my whole thing is about being of service. You know, I start my day on my knees saying thank you for the gift of a new day. What can I do to be of service today? And today was an easy one. I got to be here talking to you.
1: Sweet. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I so find how, that if people hmm?
1: – No, no, no. Go ahead, please. Go
2: ahead. Okay. The two things that I have found is to have a, a humility and service. You know, those are kind of my mantras. Those are the things that I look for on a regular basis. And when I stay in humility – and don't get too big for myself, and when I can stay in serve in service, what can I do to help the people around me? That's when my life continues to grow and enhance and get better.
1: Thank you, thank you very much for that i I have to admit mr randy you've you kind of got checked me a couple of times <laughs> <laughs> you know what? we're all
2: in the process no one's there there is no there. We're all Mm -hmm. on the journey. There's things that I still learn on a regular basis. You know, there's no such thing as perfect self-esteem. You know, maybe there have been a few people in the history of man who have attained pure self-esteem. You know, I think of Mother Teresa or Gandhi Mm -hmm. or Jesus. You know, those are people who attained pure self-esteem. Me? (laughs) Not even close. No. (laughs) I still make mistakes on a regular basis. I get angry. I'm on the road, and it's 45 miles an hour speed limit. Someone in front of me is going 35. Oh, I get angry. So, you know, we all have stuff to work on. We all have our hurdles. But, again, Mm -hmm. it's about not turning the hurdles into walls.
1: There you go. How important is your inner voice when it comes to this journey out of ego and into Self-love and self-esteem, how important, how important is that inner voice, That com- the conversations you have in your
2: head? <laughs> it, I think it's the most important thing. How you talk to yourself is so important. You know, here's an example that I use a lot. When I was a college student, I remember one time I studied hard for a test, and I took the test, and I got it back, and I got a C. And I said to myself, this is my self-talk, oh, my God, you're so stupid. I can't believe you studied so hard for that test and you got a C. Man, you should just drop out of school. You don't even deserve to be here. You're so lame. And that's what I said to myself. Now, if my best friend took a test, studied really hard for it, and got a C, would I say to my best friend, oh, my God, you're so stupid. I can't believe you studied hard for that test and you only got a C. Dude, you're such a loser. You should just drop out of school right? No way Mm. would we talk to anybody else that way. So why do we talk to ourselves that way? What would I say to my best friend in that situation? Hey, man, it's okay. Hey, a C is better than a D. You know, maybe go talk to the teacher and find out what else you can do to really get the material down. But it's all right. Hey, man, I still love you. doesn't matter what you get on a test, right? So how we talk to ourselves is so important. And another thing I like to talk about, there are certain words that I encourage people to eliminate from their vocabulary because these words turn hurdles into walls faster than anything else. Words such as can't. You know, I can't get out of this neighborhood. I can't ask my boss for a raise. I can't lose these last 10 pounds. I can't. Well, it's not really a can't. It's a how hard are you willing to work in order to make that happen. You know, if I were to say, oh, I can't lose these last 10 pounds. Well, the honest fact, I'm not willing to do what it takes to make it happen. I mean, I'm living in the world of churros and Mickey bars. I mean, it, it's hard to really watch your weight down here. There's always a churro him. I'm walking through Magic Kingdom, and it's like, Randy, over here. It's like, oh, churro cart, yeah. So it's not that I can't. Am I willing to give those up? And the honest mm-hmm. answer today, no. And especially with COVID going on, you know, a lot of people are eating more, they're drinking more, they're not taking care of themselves. Now is the time more than ever to really make the time, not find the time, make the time to take better care of yourself so that when we do go back out there, we're going to be healthier and happier with who we are. So, you know, one of the things I put on my workshop page is since we don't go outside today, let's go inside.
1: Hmm.
3: I like that.
2: Yeah. So can't is one of those words. Take it out of your vocabulary. And another one I like to talk about is the should. I should exercise more. I should quit drinking. I should do this. I should do that. I should, should, should. All we end up doing is shooting all over ourselves. So <laughs> we need to take that word out of our vocabulary because the should yeah. does nothing but take a mental sledgehammer and hit ourselves over the head. Because what should says is not good enough. So take that mm. word out. So, yeah, that self talk is the most important thing that, that you can alter in order to feel better about who you are.
1: Wow. I like, <laughs> I like, <laughs> you say sitting all over yourself. When I heard that, I was like, we really do do that. It, and we even take it even further. <laughs>
3: can inspire tomorrow
4: this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is makes it news
1: like you know all these shoulda coulda woulda no Uh if you would just do those would even exist (laughs)
2: yeah or you know what i don't want to be honest about it oh i should exercise more you know what i really don't want to okay then don't But when we shouldn't ourselves, then it's just like taking out a metal sledgehammer and hitting ourselves over the head. So it's about being honest with who you are. Again, treating yourself like your best friend. If your best friend didn't exercise today, would you give your best friend a hard time about it? Would you stop being their friend or or give them a bunch of grief because they didn't exercise today? No. But why do we do that to ourselves? So now is the time to start treating ourselves like our own best friend.
1: And I, I love that because you, when you first said that, I instantly thought I was like, "Wow, why do we treat others like? Why do we have the better conversations with others than we do with ourselves?"
2: Yeah, I know, right? Yeah,
1: and it's, and now, it's, it's really crazy. <laughs>
2: But see, no one's been talking about it in that way. You know, I, I love all the different speakers that are out there because it's kind of like a buffet table. You get to choose, but some people, it's like, oh my God, I really like this. It's like, yeah, I like that okay, but I love this over here. So all of us pretty much have the same message, but we kind of say it in a little bit different way that resonates at mm-hmm. a frequency that really hits with some people and doesn't hit with others so that's why right. all of our messages are important and my hope is that people are going to really grasp this definition between ego and self-esteem and and becoming your own best friend because i i think it's so so needed out there i mean we watch all these examples of ego over self-esteem and we need to shift that and and my goal is for our entire society to kind of shift over to having to be more self-esteem based and less ego based
1: I I definitely agree with you on that. one. I, in in my coaching with Antonio and him coaching me as a life coach and business coach, I used to ask that question. The same question that, the same thing that used to have your college students panicking, I was 32 with a newborn with that same question. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do I do? This job is not for me. And I just took a moment, and I actually realized that one of the things he taught me is that – and one of the things that I learned just by watching my son is our kids learn from us indirectly, so the better we get at our own self-love, the better we get at our own self-esteem, we teach our children the same thing. And when you were were saying take can't out of your vocabulary – I actually hear the simplest things. My son would come up to me and say, I can't. And I had to realize that I taught him that because I, every time, every time he, he sat down the wrong way, oh, are you okay? Or if he's trying to do something, I take it and do it for him. And when I actually sat back and paid attention, I said, I'm teaching my son how to not be able to do things. And then uh-huh. Antonio, Antonio pointed out to me and said, your you're teaching your son low self-esteem. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have enough to celebrate for himself because you always do it for him, and that really hit me.
2: Yeah, and it's,
1: it yeah. just amazes me how our good enough and our self love scarcity it it starts in childhood. So as an adult, if you understand that, you can actually instill in your child. Self love yes. and that they are good enough and they are strong enough. And, and now he comes to me when he does something, he'll come to me, he's like, Look, mommy, I did it. I'm like, oh, Yay! And we just, and we celebrated. So, yes. <laughs> yep. so it, exactly. it's just, I've, it, it's just, I've learned so much. There's so much about self esteem that if we just, if you get out of ego, ego is what had me hurting my son and teaching him yes. low self esteem. But my self-esteem my self is what is what had me switch to say, no, he is capable. Let him do it to build himself up. So exactly. what you are doing is absolutely amazing, and I'm grateful for it.
2: Thank you. You know what? Let me give you an example of that because here's the falsehood that a lot of people buy into. When you were doing those things for your son – in your head what you were saying, look at what a good mother I am, that I'm doing all these things for my son. That's ego. Look at me. That's Mm -hmm. every time that look at me, look what I'm doing, that's ego. But teaching your kid those self-esteem things. You know, when my daughter was like four years old, we'd be at a restaurant, and she'd say, Dad, can I have more water? It's like, yeah, go ask her for more water. And my daughter would get up and walk over to the counter, excuse me, (laughs) <laughs> I like. Oh my God. Can I have more water, please? They're like, uh, yes, you can. But that gave her such a more valuable lesson than for me mm-hmm. to just do it for her. Yeah. yeah, and it's funny. I get parents all the time that say, "Can you teach me how to raise the self-esteem of my child?" I'm like, Absolutely. You want to know the number one way to raise the self-esteem of your child? Raise your own.
1: Raise There you yeah. go.
2: Because how are you going to teach calculus if you don't know calculus? Boom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's <Tough> mic. <Mike. laughs>
2: but, yeah, we, we can't teach anyone something we don't know. So right. that's why it's so important for people to learn these skills so that they can pass it along. And I guarantee, here's what happens. When I work with people, when I do coaching with people on self-esteem, it's so funny. Like after five or six weeks, I give people exercises and things to do. And they say, you know, it's so funny. I'm walking around. People will ask me, did you lose weight? Did you do something with your hair? There's something different about them that that people are like, well, what's different about you? And all it is is more self-confidence and more self-esteem.
1: Right. It's amazing so people, how that just shines through. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: it does.
1: It shines through brightly.
2: hmm And then your success becomes so much more meaningful because mm-hmm. you know what your mission is. You know what your passion is. So for business owners that are out there, you know, when I was running my business, it was about my employees, I made sure that they were so happy. I would give them bonuses all the time. My wife was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "He well, worked really hard on this. And I want to reward him." And I, I, I think sometimes my employees made more than I did, but it was about being of service, and that's mm-hmm. what the whole thing was about. And I made some poor business decisions, and it ended up failing. And and I, oh, here was a lesson. My business, I had to close my business. And it was so devastating for me. And for a long time, I felt like my business failed. That means I'm a failure. And it took me about six months to get out of that and realize, and again, through support of family and friends, I realized that it's my business that failed. It's not me that failed. I made some poor decisions, and that's why the business failed. That does not make me a failure. And because of that, I ended up moving here to Orlando, and I ended up writing my book, and I ended up doing my um, workshop, and now I'm on a podcast that's amazing, So if I was still running my business, I wouldn't have this opportunity. So when one door closes, another opens, and and I know that sounds cliche and yeah, yeah, whatever, but it is so true, so Mm -hmm. true. And when you're following your path, I don't know where I'm going to be 10 years from now. I might be working at Disney full-time. I don't know. And people are going to go, hey, I know you. You look familiar, like that guy who does that workshop. And I'll be like, yeah, I did that for a while. So who knows what the path is, but today I'm so happy and so grateful. So it's about living that life one day at a time with gratitude and humility, being a service.
1: Yes, sir, definitely, definitely. Mr. Randy, there is a story that you told in your TEDx talk. I would love for you to share that story with our audience.
2: (laughs) Which one? Hana or turtle?
1: The hana.
2: Hana? Oh, Yes. love the Hana. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on the island of Maui in Hawaii, there's this town called Hana. And tourists go over there when they read all the tourist books. It's like, what do I what do I do when I go to Maui? And one of the things to do is to go to Hana and do the road to Hana. And people are like, all right, I'm going to Hana. And they get in their little rent cars and off to Hana they go. And the road to Hana is only like 50, 56 miles long, but it takes about two and a half hours to get to Hana because what they don't tell you is that the road is one and a half lanes wide for two-way traffic. And on one side of this road is a 200-foot cliff down to the ocean, and on the other side is a mountain or just this jungle area. And there are 622 hairpin turns on the way to Hana. So these tourists get on the road, and off to Hana they go, and they're like zipping around the corners and barely missing cars coming the other way and almost going off the road into the jungle. I mean, it is a treacherous road. It's actually listed as one of the ten most dangerous roads in the world. And finally, these tourists, two hours later, they get to Hana. And in Hana is a general store, a gas station, and a hotel with about 20 rooms. And that's it. And these tourists get there like, wait, hold on. I spent a day on my vacation coming here to Hana, and all I get is a sandwich and and another tank of gas? And they are so angry. They're like, I can't believe I just wasted all this time. And then all the way back, they're just complaining about how horrible it was. And they tell people, don't even bother going to Hana. It's a total waste of time. But see, those of us who know the road to Hana – know that it's one of the most beautiful roads in the world. I mean, it's actually one of the top five most beautiful roads in the world because every time you turn one of those corners, you have a 200-foot view down to the ocean, and that water is bluer than you could ever imagine blue being. And up on the other side in those mountains and in in the jungle, there are all these different shades of green that are so gorgeous, and sometimes you can see waterfalls coming down, it's absolutely breathtaking. Then after two hours, you get to Hana, and you go to the store, you stretch your legs a little bit, you get a sandwich, and then you can go down to the black sand beach, or you can go up onto the hill and look at these views that you've never seen before. It's so gorgeous. And then you get to do the whole ride back again. But so many people get caught up in, i got to get to Hana. I have to make a million dollars. I have to live in this house. I have to be here that they forget to enjoy the road along the way. Mm-hmm. It's about the journey, it's not about the destination. I know so many people that have this destination in mind and they get there and it's not enough. It's never enough
3: because mm-hmm. they forgot to
2: enjoy the journey in getting there. So this journey, this gift that we have of life and we're <laughs> today these times that we're going through right now, I really feel like they're revolutionary. I am yeah. so excited for our next generation coming up. My daughter has become one of the biggest activists. <laughs> she's a 15-year-old powerhouse in the Black Lives Matter movement. I mean, she, when people say things online, she, like, goes after them. She's like, oh, no, no, have you read this article about such and such? And do you know that, I mean, she's been on fire with this. And I love how our society is finally waking up to, to what's really, really important. And this whole COVID thing is showing us what's really important. You know, we're learning so much about, well, people who can really be as productive working from home as being in an office.
1: Huh. Right. I
2: get to spend more time with my family. I didn't know right. this about my kids. It's great. You know, as I was coming up here, my wife and my daughter were downstairs playing a board game. They didn't get to do board games in the middle of the afternoon on a, what day is it, Thursday, Wednesday, Wednesday.
1: Wednesday. They never had an
2: opportunity to do that. I have this family in my neighborhood, this young family. They have an 18-month-old and a 3-year-old. And one day they were walking, you know, we live in a nice neighborhood, and everyone walks in the evening, and, and they were walking. And I'm like, how cool is this that you get to walk with your family? He goes, I know, I would have been at work at this time. But I was able to stop, and now we're able to be together more. So yes, it's horrible that people are dying and and all that, but I mean, I think there are some things that are gonna come out of this that are gonna be pretty positive. And I love that you know we're now starting to really get the sense of of what it is for true equality to happen in our society. And it's gonna take a while, but I think we're on the right path, finally. So I think there's some things happening right now that are really exciting. But this is also the movement from ego to self-esteem. Self-esteem says I'm not threatened by you. You know, I like that you're smarter than me, that you're faster than me. That's great. That doesn't mean I'm less than. It means you're awesome at those things, and I'm better at other things. But it's okay. Let's see who each other are from the inside. I just, I'm very excited about what's going on right now. In fact, I created another (laughs) T-shirt. That's the we over me. It's the word we with a line, Mm -hmm. and then me is a reflection of the we. Because now is a time more than any other when it's we over me. What can I do to help my brother, my sister, my neighbor, the people around me? What can I do to be more of service, to help others, rather than what's in it for me? I'm not wearing a mask. You can't tell me what to do. No, I wear a mask to protect you. That's Mm -hmm. the we. So I, I want to help this world become we over me and to make that shift so that we can truly be happy with who we are and it makes the world a happier place to be in.
1: Definitely. I, I can definitely agree with you, Mr. Randy. It's definitely an awakening going on, not just mm-hmm. with the world, but you see a lot of people coming more into self-awareness and and raising their awareness and their consciousness within themselves and in doing that, you, you're starting to see more self-love come out because when you strip away, when you strip away the vanity, all you have is you.
2: Yes, exactly. And
1: you start to really see and examine and then you start to see, and you're not the only one. 'Cause everyone else is starting to see it too and with with the blinders coming off, we're starting to see everyone and everything and one of the things that I've been noticing is there is a worldwide awakening. Yes. It's not it's not just here you have people across the world that are coming into self awareness, self love, starting to really see and you have you have like the generation under me, I'm considered the millennials, the the generation under me, they're questioning more than I ever did. I know, isn't it? Crazy? You know, <laughs> it is. It is. Oh, my my son it. is five. My son is five, and I hear why, mommy? Why? Why? And I'm, I'm like, okay, wait. Nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> mommy doesn't awesome. quite have an answer for that one just yet. And he's like, he'll look at me, and it's it's crazy to just not crazy, but it's wonderful to sit there and watch his brain work. Because he'll ask me, well, mommy, why this? Mommy, why that? And if I honestly don't know, I'll look at him and I'll say, baby, mommy really doesn't know. And he'll kind of look at me like, "Hmm. okay. And he'll, you know, but I'm not, I'm not coming up with some elaborate story. I'm not, you know, I'm being honest with him. And, and I learned that when he, and he is, he is such a, he's that child that checks on you and it's, He's five and he'll walk up to me, Mommy, you okay?
2: Really? And he'll just put his oh, t- hand yeah. a special little boy.
1: And he'll just He's walk up to me and put his hand. T- he is. He really is. And I told myself because I remember being at his age and feeling feeling things and like seeing things and, and something's not right and so when he walks up to me and he asks me that I can tell, okay, he's sensing something. So I'll I'll let him know, yeah, mommy's okay. Mommy's just working. Or, yeah, mommy's okay. Or, no, mommy has a headache. You know, and one time he randomly came up to me and my business partner, she was with me and he walked up. He said, Mommy, is your head okay? And I'm looking at him like, My head is perfectly fine. Are you okay? (laughs) And my Uh, business partner, my business partner looked at me and she was like, Me? Is your head okay? I was like, my head is fine, and he walked out of the room. And I promise you, like maybe thirty minutes later, I started getting a small pain in my temple, and I'm like, okay, look, sir, maybe, you need to talk. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, but, oh. but just, but like we were talking about earlier, that that feeling of not being good enough and your self esteem versus your ego. I knew enough to understand that me growing up as a child, when I felt a certain kind of way, and I would say something, it was I – w- I was raised in that time frame where a kid stays in a kid's place. You're seeing and not heard, but when it comes yep. to him and he asks me questions, I make sure I respond to that because that's also part of his self-esteem. I don't want exactly. him to think what I'm feeling is wrong. Know what you're feeling is right, but let mommy let mommy help you with this feeling. No, mommy is actually okay. What you're what you're sensing is mommy's focus. Or, you know, yes, mommy does have a headache, but mommy is okay. You know, so he doesn't start questioning himself. And I, right. I honestly, what you're doing, you are catching the when when you work with the college students and the young adults, you're catching them majority of them before they start having kids. And I absolutely love that because Uh if I would have been caught between the ages of 18 and 22, it's no telling what changed it, what I would have done between 22 and 38.
2: I know, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: So it's, it's, it's such a, it's the self-esteem versus the ego. And, and when you said humble, being humble versus being humble versus humility, that that one, that—that's oh, yeah. yeah. when I said you were kind of gut punching me a couple of times, because <laughs> <laughs> when you broke that down to me, I was like, ooh, so that's yeah. what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, because yeah. you helped me have some oh, revelations so on that one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was uh, the like, ooh. Of our pastor
2: just the lessons to make us who we are today. Yeah. Yeah, and you know what, uh, with your um, son, let's take it one step farther. You're right, to not give him false information when he says, what's this, to say, I don't know, is is the best thing you can say, but to follow it up with, you know what, let's look it up and find out together. That's a really good yes. question. Let's go find out because I want to know that too now. That would be
1: awesome.
2: Then, then you guys get it. to learn together. Oh, that would. So that's one and step farther than where you are now.
1: Yes, and he he knows how to use YouTube and the tablet, so I can show him. I can literally sit down and say, okay, so look, this is how you find out. Let me show you. And not only, because he, cause he's homeschooled, so not only does that teach him, but it also teaches him, it teaches him on several different levels, which yep. is really helping him with his self esteem.
2: Yes, absolutely. And that's the goal to to pass it on to the generation behind us. And Definitely. what's the legacy that we want to leave for our children?
1: That anything is possible if you get out of your own way.
2: Bam! Exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And like you said, wouldn't it be great if they could learn this at 15, 18, 22, rather than waiting until 28,
1: 40, 50. Yeah. With kids. So that's that why was so
2: important. What's that?
1: Yes. I was saying now they have kids that they've already indirectly taught. <laughs> so yeah. just starting before we can start the cycle over again, how about we learn it here first?
2: Yes, exactly. And then it, it becomes a societal shift. It's, have you ever heard of the 100 yes. monkey phenomenon?
1: I was actually going to ask you about that because that, that definitely has my interest in. I have not heard of that before.
2: This blew my mind when I first heard it, so now I love teaching others about it. There were these group of scientists in Indonesia that were attempting to teach monkeys how to wash sweet potatoes, because monkeys would pick the sweet potatoes, and they'd be filled with dirt, and they wouldn't eat the whole sweet potato. So they wanted to teach the monkeys how to wash off the sweet potatoes first to go find a river or a stream, let it sit there for a minute, and then eat the sweet potato, and they would enjoy it more. So they were teaching these monkeys how to do it, and they finally they couldn't get them to get the hang of the whole thing. They'd throw it into the river, and then they'd, no, this, no just put it here and then eat it. And finally, one of the monkeys washed off the sweet potato and ate it. And then another one saw it, and the monkey started washing it and eating it. And then another one saw what they were doing and washed it and then ate it. And all the monkeys around them started to do that until the 100th monkey learned how to wash a sweet potato. And then all of a sudden, all the way over in Bali, monkeys started washing sweet potatoes. And Mm. monkeys all over the world all of a sudden started washing sweet potatoes. So there's this phenomenon when something catches on enough and enough people start to do it, it just starts to change our society. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's more a fable. I I don't know if that really actually happened, but the whole philosophy behind it is that when there's enough of a social consciousness change, it changes all over the world. And and my goal is to help people shift from being ego-based to being self-esteem-based. I mean, all the ego stuff going on right now is killing us. But now is the time to start shifting that to self-esteem and feeling better about who we are so that we can really change the world.
1: Yes, definitely. I oh, I agree with you that... <sighs> We are all connected, and if we just understand yeah. that and just go with that consciousness shift and stop fighting it with ego, mm-hmm. the world would honestly—I—I I believe the world would honestly calm down to a point where we are all—we are all a community instead of fighting each other, going against yeah. each other, even fighting within ourselves. Yes.
2: Yeah. But think about, you know, when wars start. Wars are all about ego. Fights are all about ego. Oh, yeah, you said that about me. I'm going to take you out. It's like, no, let's just talk. Rather than, you know, man, I'm really angry. I'm going to take you out. How about what you said really hurt my feelings? Wars are all about I'm going to take what you have. I don't care if it's yours. I want it. I'm going to take it. That's ego. That's ego. Self esteem says what can we do to work together? I don't want to hurt you. Let's see what we can do. What can we do to kind of share our economies with each other? We make it about we no. and not about me. So all of the violence and all of the stuff that's going on is all ego based. And you're right, if we shift that and, and make this world more self esteem based, there are no more wars, there are no more fights, there are no more shootings, no more of that. You know, <laughs> Alcoholism and addiction are pure ego. You know, self-esteem is about, I don't have, to, I don't want to do that to myself anymore. I deserve better than that. People high in self-esteem, right. they don't drink to excess. They might have a glass of wine with dinner, but they don't want to get drunk. People high in self-esteem is like, hey, man, you want to smoke this? No. Why do I want to change who I am? I like who I am. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So, and here's, you know, cool things happen. Like, before today, I didn't know you, right? We, had, right. we didn't even know each other existed. Except, well, no. you got the, you know, you. But now, <laughs> it's like, okay, we need to talk offline. Because once this COVID thing is over, I want you and your son to come to Orlando. I'm taking you guys to Disney. Oh, <laughs> I would love to meet your son. He sounds like such an amazing kid, and I think we would have such a good time. So it's things like this that help people to connect. So, you know, one of the things for your listeners, always find ways to connect with people.
1: Because you never
2: know the gifts that are going to come from that. Oh, and by the way, I have a little part-time job at Disney, so I get free tickets so I can get you in for free, too.
1: Oh sweet. <laughs>
2: <I> oh, <know>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when I moved here I was like, you know what? I want to work there part-time. So I got a little part-time job at Disney. I'm on furlough. I'm not working right now, but it is so much fun. I love it. So, and, yeah. And,
1: yeah. And that's the other thing when you have when you have self-esteem, you're perfectly comfortable with being the big kid. Because yep. when you were talking about going to the going to movies, I love going to the movies by myself.
2: Right. I, if, yeah.
1: If we still had Astro World down here, I would have a season pass. I would yeah. still have a season pass.
2: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Well maybe you need to move to Orlando. It's a lot of fun over here.
1: <laughs> 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 we we actually have members of our network that are out that are out in the Florida area and, and so it's just it, it the whole I, I truly and honestly when I was watching your your hair I was like this is gonna be awesome I'm so gonna love this interview and then I was reading your I was reading your bio and I'm like wow and then and then even more I'm just sitting going through everything I'm like this is going to be wonderful because self esteem. Self-esteem, it seems like it's just being ripped away from children because the adults don't have it, and then the adults before them didn't have it, (laughs) and it's just a consistent cycle of low self-esteem being indirectly taught, and so now it's like... The, the the time is over for that. You have kids who are like, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want to walk around here moping. I want to look at the person in the mirror and love the person I see. I don't want to be like this towards another person just because they're different. I don't. I don't want yeah. this feeling of I don't like myself. Mm-hmm. And they're completely shifting, and and I absolutely. I love it. This this awareness, this awakeness, this shift that is taking place is absolutely amazing. And I thank you for being one of those who are going through the who are going through it and saying, "Hey, look, it's all better over here." You can really take that hurdle, and instead of making it a wall, you can leave it a hurdle and just use the tools given to get over it.
3: Yes. And oh, yes. and so
1: that's what that's what's really needed in this world. Just just to teach people, hey. Let's peel, let's peel back the layers of this onion and get to the root of it. Okay, so now we're there. Okay, let's clear it out. Let's go ahead and make the onion blossom. Let's deep fry it and get some some sauce to dip it. <laughs> And now we're through. You know, let's. And so I thank you, I thank you so much, Mr. Randy, for for your. Before we end today's call, can you please let our audience know how they can reach you?
2: Sure. Uh, my website, very simple, randyspeaks.com. And on the website, you'll have access to. I have a, a link to my TED talk there. Um, I also have a link to the workshop if people want to download the workshop. And for your listeners, definitely feel free to do the discounted price, no matter where you are. It's it's 9.99, 9.95, I think. Um, you know, the cost of a coffee and a, a scone at Starbucks. <laughs> And hopefully you'll get a lot more value out of it. And you can get – there's a link to my book and the T-shirts and everything is there. So randyspeaks.com is where that is. Uh, There's also a link if people want to send me an email, ask me questions. I'm happy to answer any question that people have. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it's about being of service. So if I can help people to dig deeper into who they are and, you know, get that hundredth monkey thing going, you know, it takes a l- every all of us working together and we can make a change. We're watching changes happen. This is a time of transformation. So yeah. RandySpeaks.com is where people can get a hold of me and all of my materials and all my stuff.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mr. Randy. I have truly and honestly enjoyed our conversation today. I'm definitely looking forward to Walt Disney World because I think I would enjoy it more than my son would. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely possible.
2: (laughs) And we'll bring my daughter along, too. Oh, my God, they'll probably get on talking to each other, and they'll probably have a great conversation on their own.
1: It, that, ride, that I he actually enjoys, he, he loves talking and loves cameras, I've noticed. If the tra- camera is up, he poses, or when I'm doing a training before it starts, he'll come over like, Mommy, are you teaching? And I'm like, no, I'm not teaching yet. And he, as he's asking me, he's slowly leaning, leaning into the camera, and I'm just looking at him like he thinks he's slick.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And yes. It's well, you wonderful. have a really so. special kid there, so... Give him a big hug for me
1: tonight. Definitely will. Thank you so much, Mr. Randy. Ladies and gentlemen, please reach out to Mr. Randy. Please take notes from what you heard today and focus on self-esteem. Move out of your ego and into your self-esteem and self-love and start loving yourself. Be your best friend. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Randy. Great to be Thank you. Thank this you. This was awesome. You Yes, it was.
2: Yes,
1: it
3: was. You can print better. You can. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money. for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well, 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, for those job positions. Now, is it because I hire slowly? True, but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter.